0: Hi, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth-McGuire. And, and this, this is Talking, Talking Lion.
1: Lion. Talking Lion is an artist-to-artist interview podcast where we talk to our friends about life, music, and everything in between.
0: Most of the time, we're artists ourselves, a duo called Sleeping Lion. But we started this podcast to dive deeper into what it means to be an artist and creative. If you're a fan of us, our podcast, or our community, feel free to join our Discord at sleepinglionmusic.com Discord. Now on with the show.
1: We recorded this episode with our good friend Cody LaVos.
0: We had run into Cody a couple times at shows around LA, but we were really connected during the pandemic when Cody asked us to produce his song, Rocket.
1: We recorded this episode following the release of Rocket, as well as his song, All Around Me, featuring Bahari.
0: A heartfelt songwriter who's effortlessly kind, Cody LaVos is one of the chillest people that we've spoken to, and we hope you enjoy this episode.
2: So, without further ado, I'm Cody LaVos, and this is Talking Lion
0: Hey! 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 Hello! Hey, buddy. Welcome to the studio. Thanks for having me. We've done we've done a tune together, but you haven't been in the space. We were we were remote. It was COVID times. Yeah, COVID it was, times. Yeah. COVID times. Yeah, we were
2: zooming. We're in the flesh now. Yeah, we're in the flesh now. It feels good.
0: But yeah. Well, pre COVID times, we'd run into each other at shows like all the time. We all had the time. like a million like mutual friends and and all that stuff. Uh, but then yeah, during COVID times. We were just zooming. We were just on the mm-hmm. on the Zoom calls and everything. But but yeah, you uh you pull up. It's a little rainy outside. You pull up. I'm, I'm walking Ollie I'm walking Ollie, the dog. A cutie. Um and then uh I'm fixated inexplicably on cantaloupe, cantaloupe.
2: Cantaloupe.
1: <laughs> right. Cantaloupe. Yeah. Well, it's spelled cantaloupe. Yeah. With have you, o- you ever? U. But they can't get married. You've heard someone say cantaloupe? No, I, don't, I never have. They cantaloupe. They can't hey, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Wait, also, as I was just looking it up, did you know that the, the South African term for cantaloupe is spanspec? Span spanspec? spanspec. Why? I don't know.
0: Okay. Thank you for looking that up, though. Yeah. Did you intentionally wear a rocket on your shirt today? Ooh. Oh, I did not, but that's actually really good. Well it says, done. It says Noah's wearing a striped shirt uh, with a little pocket square that says, it uh, has a rocket that says chow hit me
1: cantaloupe yes derived from the 18th century via french cantaloupe from italian cantalupo, which means uh <laughs> like singing like wolf song or wolf singing singing wolf, wolf i feel owl. like
0: i'm i feel like a wolf looking for this cantaloupe juice <laughs> i got it at this restaurant <laughs> and it was so good and they don't have it right, right now sleeping
2: lion track has to be called cantaloupe cantaloupe, cantaloupe i'm okay with good. that this is an armenia
1: <laughs> connection after the fruit was introduced there from armenia <laughs> So it's got a it? Rome and Armenia connection. I didn't know that cantaloupe was so uh, uh, Noah core. Are you a Googler? Like uh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm an yeah. avid Googler. What about you?
0: I, mean, I think that's how we became friends. Yeah. Was that Noah no, and I would honestly like hang out uh, you know in college, we just hang out like googling random shit for hours. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was great. Like yeah. I'm not I, I'm not making that up, yeah. right? Like no, I love yeah. we love going down and go we to just rabbit go down like rabbit holes of like whatever. Here's a fun fact about melons, which is that <laughs> I learned this on No Such Thing as a Fish. We listen to a podcast where they just share fun facts. So I'm just I'm plagiarizing that, nice. uh, which is apparently watermelons because they hydrate us better than actual water right. because they're like closer to like the makeup of our blood, etc. Mm. There's like evidence that watermelons were bigger in the past and were used by nomadic tribes and stuff as canteens as like their Whoa. source of water mm. while traveling long distances. I think. So <laughs> I think that's what I remember. The world
2: is getting hotter, and watermelons are, are getting shrinking. smaller. Yeah,
0: <laughs> well, we're off to a great start. Fantastic. Um, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing so good. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. What
0: have you been up to? Well, you you just put out a song with Bahari. Yeah. Uh, we love them. They're awesome. Um, I love them too. Incredible people, incredible voices, incredible writers. Uh, what have you been up to since we were talking more regularly around Rocket Time?
2: A lot's been going on. Hit me um, with it. Put out that song with. Bahari put out a song with baby Jake Ayo. more oh, recently. Nice. He's the goat. Um, so we put out a really fun song called Helium Balloon. And, uh, you know, I've just been tapping into my uh, wellness, spiritual side, learning about that, like that. breath work and stuff. I've been doing that. I've been making a bunch of music that my favorite music I've made so far ever, That's which perfect. is super exciting. Also went through a, a gnarly little breakup. Oh. and uh And... And you know, life is, uh, life is good though. Dynamic. Yeah. I just it, had a niece. I just, I was about to say. My PhD big sister just adult had, adult had a little girl. Inspiring. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sweet. I, I I love you. You posted like a carousel on Instagram. You said, don't worry, that nip is mine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, that's, I mean, life is just so dynamic. Like I feel like I, I keep a journal and, um, I like write a little note to myself at the end of every journal mm. and, it takes me about maybe nine months to a year to get through a journal, depending on how active I, I am in it. And every time I write that note, I'm like, okay, my life is not going to change so significantly that like, when I read this, I'm going to feel like a different person. And mm, every always. single time without fail, yeah, because like the note before the most recent one was before I was with my partner. Hmm. And the one the one that I wrote in there, I mean, is pre Ollie, pre-puppy. So it's like, there's all these like things that just happen in life that you think you're just going to be static and you're not. And that's kind of the best and worst part of the whole uh, thing, I think.
2: I think a lot of people too kind of gauge their own, the word static could be, you know, same job or same car or same place, same apartment, same city, but... I think when you look at it as like how you evolve as a human, mm-hmm. it's way more expansive yeah. and way more interesting to me too.
0: Well, I, I think it's also, and I've never really thought about this until just now, but it's interesting that we use the word static to mean the same when static is synonymous with noise. Right. And noise is anything but, you know, noise is everything all the time, all at once. And uh, there's something very chaotic about static you know yeah uh, and i think that that's it's interesting that they're almost uh oh they're auto antonyms yeah is that what it's, is like that,
1: cleave yeah I mean, that's what that is yeah
0: auto auto antonyms are words that their synonym or their whatever means the opposite of itself wow yeah like cleave right means yeah, I mean, to come to, together to, yeah, to come together but also or to, to separate,
1: separate. yeah wow. there's a couple there's like a couple of them
2: yeah while we're on this tip before i forget whoever invented the words for these like like scared of spelling like hard to spell dyslexia right. yeah it's like the hardest word to spell ever <laughs> yeah. and there's a phobia of long words, long words yeah and it's like 97 letters <laughs> right whoever has that job is hysterical yeah, and funny. crushing it yeah <laughs> it Mad was the they were like how do we
0: fuck as many people as possible <laughs> yeah I mean, which oh to be fair was a philosophy of, of of the greeks as well yeah literally heathenism right yeah yeah So they're like, how can we fuck as many people as possible? But also how can we fuck over as many people as possible? Um, (laughs) You got to respect it. You got to respect it. Yeah, you definitely do. But I love, I love that you, I want to elaborate on, on certain pieces, um, but I do love that you are focusing on, on spirituality and breath stuff. I, I've had terrible nightmares the last couple of weeks, specifically, like, I don't know how I feel about this yet, but I've been having this recurring nightmare around a piece of native mythology. So All of a sudden, I'm like now, and I'm not a particularly spiritual, I would never consider myself a particularly spiritual person. But now I'm like reading up on like the history of this and why this kind of imagery was prevalent in native mythology and whatnot. And and that's been a fascinating rabbit hole of spirituality and understanding our sensitivities to changes and transitions in the world and and whatnot too. So I think ultimately, I'm trying to just like pet my puppy and, and understand like what simple joy is because mm. i feel like i set the bar very high as far as what i thought should make me happy whereas like the things that actually do make me happy are like a lot simpler than that you know so i don't know i wanted to know how you sort of entered your like spiritual journey
2: 100 percent. i mean i grew up in san diego okay so already it,
0: already well yeah, yeah
2: it actually turned me off To like i was I like in the center mm-hmm. of the woo-woo. It was just like, <laughs> it was such a fad and it was so in vogue that people were taking it to, you know, it was just like, it wasn't there for the right reasons for a lot of people. Like people wanted to put it in their Instagram bio that they're a yogi, you know, right. instead of like do yoga. right? And no, exactly. so growing up, I was always like, nope, not for me, too woo-woo, too too freaky, I'm I'm out. But then recently, like, I've been super into doing these, like, polar plunges where you do, like, hot-cold therapy, like, hot-tub, cold-tub, like, really into just wellness, fitness, and then that got me into breath work and Wim Hof, and... What's Wim Hof? Wim Hof, he's a dude. He's the... Oh, is that the, um... The Iceman. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he climbed Mount Everest and just board shorts no shoes right like yeah. that guy he's That's crazy
0: wild. also I, I read about and michael Pollan's how to change your mind about like the breath work that leads to certain like um insights like when you're doing like the intense sort of yeah. breathing stuff as well i don't know if they're related but just remind totally me yeah
2: yeah it's it's all so connected yeah um but yeah i've been doing like breath work classes now and it's been so wild like i've had many like Probably five out of the 10 most incredible experiences of my life has been through this like wellness stuff. And I did not expect it to be that way, but I don't know. It's definitely like such a utility thing. It feels like when you do like breath work or Wim Hof or any, like it's like going to the gym for your soul. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So I don't know. I've been super into it recently. I I mean, I (laughs) love that though.
0: You know, I I was actually just thinking, I got a massage today. It was the first time I got a massage since uh, COVID. I used to go a lot more regularly, but it, I forgot just how, I think that like you forget that you live in a body sometimes, especially mm. like I'm, <laughs> I'm like definitely pushing myself this week. I'm staying up late, but waking up early, mm. not for any good reason. Like I'm doing late work, but my partner has early work. So I've just been going to sleep when I'm done with my work, but waking up with her because I want to. But because of that, like. You know, you kind of, when you're that tired or when you're pushing yourself, whatever, sometimes you kind of separate from your body, or when you're working very hard, you separate from your body. And I think that there was something really nice about just like lying down in a chair and having somebody kneading at you.
2: And for sure, re-
0: like there was one moment where like I was getting like my head massaged and I suddenly was overwhelmed by exhaustion and I was mm-hmm. like, Oh shit. Right. There it is. I'm tired. Yeah. Like I haven't had a chance to be present in my body, but I'm fucking tired. Like it was very interesting. You know, I
2: think we become very good at like hiding things from ourselves yeah, growing yeah. up and, and just being people. It's like, you have to kind of, backseat a few emotions or a few feelings that are totally natural and stuff. But. Right.
0: Well, and we have, we have construction across the street and, you know, it pissed me off to wake me up at like eight in the morning or whatever. But like, you know, that's the other thing too, is like, whenever I feel like, oh, I'm tired or whatever, I'm like, well, I get to make fucking tunes. And the guy across the streets carrying yeah. like, he's 60 years old, carrying like five things of timber, you know? So, you know, that's the thing too, is like, sometimes we try to contextualize our physical experiences, but everything's relative, you know, like 100%. a person being tired is a person being tired. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do love that. I love that journey, though. I mean, I love I love just like trying to get in touch with that stuff. It's you really
2: know? fun. Yeah. yeah. I thought I just felt like I was so addicted I, and it just snuck up on me. It's so easy. I was so addicted to my phone and looking at Instagram or TikTok to the point where I wouldn't even notice that I was opening my phone until I had already scrolled past five videos. Right. Yeah, and no, it's exactly. like, wait, I was just playing my guitar or I was just having a conversation or I was just comping these vocals and Mm -hmm. then now it's been 20 minutes and I didn't even notice that that was time spent Yeah, and so that really disappointed me and when my ex-girlfriend and I when we broke up the last thing I wanted to do was go on Instagram because I was like I'm going to see her and it's going to tear me apart and so I just I mean, I definitely went on Instagram like yeah, 30 times a day. Torn cause torn I just had to. Yeah. But yeah. in between those moments, I'd just turn off my phone. And there was one day where I kept my phone off the entire day. And it was the first day where I was like, ah, okay, I'm, I'm just a dude with legs and hands mm-hmm. and a mind and eyes. And, you know, just recalibrating, noticing that my feet are under me and like there's yeah. things under that. And like, I don't know, it just felt really good. And I'm just trying to stay on that tip as much as possible. But it's it's kind of hard in LA. Yeah. You yeah. know?
0: Well, and especially in, in Breakup Town. Like I.
2: Breakup um, Town. Yeah. My, yeah my, that's my, a really cool title for an EP. Hey. Dibs. Hey. <laughs> Toss us some points. Yeah.
0: But yeah. Like my, my last uh, ex somehow inexplicably never had any social media, mm. um, which may be a red flag. Who's to say? But... I genuinely, I think about this, you know, every once in a while, I was so grateful that she did not when we were going through the breakup, because I think that if she had, I would have never gotten, you know, like I, I couldn't, like I do get obsessed. Like I do like yeah. doom scroll and all that, whatever. I would have been, I would have lost my mind a little bit. Can you know? I shamelessly like, share uh, yeah. some lyrics from a yeah, song of mine? please. That's As what we're here for. Okay, yeah. cool. I
2: have this song called Be Here that kind of says exactly that. And it, it says, it's so weird to see every lunch. We weren't meant to be so in touch, it makes separation so soft, while you're on the streets that we'd walk, and it isn't right but I can't resist, they tell me don't even look, but my eyes wander a bit, right into the stories that you're not a part of, I guess wasn't expecting to be broken hearted. Kind of feels like the same. Yeah.
0: There is something nice about getting the information. And for what it's worth, there is something nice about feeling the hurt.
2: Well, we're all, all three of us are artists. Yeah. yeah. I think we're a rare breed. Masochists, who just yeah. want to feel everything, yeah. whether it's good, bad, or anything between. I surely do.
0: I, I think that when you get over somebody, there is always a pang of like, I, I even experienced it the other day, this pang of like, fuck, I don't feel as intensely about this thing as I did once before. Does that make the whole thing cheap?
2: Oh, thank you for saying it. Yeah. I've been I've been going through that a yeah. lot. Yeah. I I felt like
0: we could healing with cheapening.
2: Yeah, for sure. Which is crazy. <laughs> but there's reasons for it too. Yeah. I mean, I I was, You derive
0: value from it
2: too. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, when I was going through the breakup, I kept saying, like, I don't want to feel better. This is and the the reason was the pain that I had for the breakup and for her, it was the last thing I had of her. Right. Mm-hmm. And All I was right. like, wait, once I really let that go, then whenever it. that comes. Where does it go? Just wait. I wrote the craziest song about it. It's called I Hate Love. And it, it's that exact. But yeah, it's that exact thought that it's like more lyrics for you guys. Um, Is anything meant to last? Is anything made of stone? Does anything we had still live somewhere I can't go? And Mm -hmm. that line just crushes me every single time because it's like, you know, of course, a year of like we did it for a year and the beauty that we created in that year is so valuable even now and in 10 and 40 years from now, it it will still will be. But the question of like, where does it go? Like, like, can I even access that still afterwards? It's scary. At a
1: certain point, it's kind of like a really good meal. Like it's like you have these like, you can have these really amazing experiences and in the moment when you're having like, the best meal of your life you're like this is like you want to savor it as much as possible you want to just like live in that experience and be as mindful if you're lucky you get to be as as mindful and as present as you possibly can be but at the end of the day the meal goes away it, it turns into shit it's just shit and then it's just shit it's and then you move on and you're shit. on to another day and you're eating another meal like that's
2: just i like, think i think the art is like being able to let it go with a smile you know yeah, yeah. just oh, like a wave gorgeous. like i mean i grew up surfing and, and it's the same thing it's like you wait in the water for two hours a day, probably 40 days before you can find a wave that like you can get barreled on. And it's like the most euphoric, like best feeling, right. full elation when you're in the barrel, but it lasts three seconds, four five seconds hey, I maybe. I
0: fishing. Nobody understands fucking fishing. Right? So much of fishing is waiting for the thing to catch.
2: And then like... the seconds that you're in it, it's just like, you can't think about anything else. And then afterwards, if you're able to just be like, that was fucking awesome, I'm gonna remember that. I guess that's yeah. the art.
1: That's when, the, yeah, that's the balance. When
0: I went through my last uh, breakup town, I, I wrote a poem called uh, I Don't Know What to Do With That Now, which was like I, all these facts about like her brother and like stories she told me and all these like whatever. And it's like and, and then each stanza ended with like, but I don't know what to do with that now. Um, wow. But uh, I, I wrote a song. I have chills from that line, <laughs> by the way. I, I wrote a song for my solo thing Captain Irving. The whole song is called Locked and it's kind of about like what you do with that info. Like the song opens with like there's a room in my head that's been empty for a while and so far I've been fine with that. But there's a line that I wrote, you know, uh, as I was starting to get over the relationship which was there are rooms in my life that I know I can't go back to and there are facts no one has to know. See, I walked miles around your apartment. I could write a book just about your carpet. And in my closet, there's a box of what's left of my notes. Woo!
2: Whoa. <laughs> Holy
0: shit. Um, Full body chills. That's, I think
2: Is that song out? No. But it's my Why? I think it's
0: my favorite, favorite line of the project so far. Yeah, that's really good. Oh one. my um, God.
2: Can I hear it, please? Sure, I'll yeah.
0: play it for you after. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Um, but yeah, that's that for me <laughs> was like really. Because I think about that that like I think one of the things that hurts so much about um breakups is that all of a sudden these rooms that you are so familiar with and these people that you're so familiar with, you might never see again. you know, my first girlfriend ever in high school lived in like a tower, mm-hmm. <laughs> very bony there, you know, but like right. literally mm-hmm. lived in like a tower of like a mansion and you know my my hometown, whatever. But it was like you had to like climb a staircase to get up to this tower. and I thought, you know the thought of like, never going to that tower again, you know, like right. there are rooms, you know, there's all these rooms and maybe sometimes you go back to the rooms, but they're not the same room. Even, yeah. even if it's the same room, right. that makes sense. You different
1: know? Colors, I, think, I think a lot yeah. of times about dorm rooms, like Ooh. how like people move into dorm rooms, like people like us, you go in, you form this, like we met in this room in two seventy at com Berkeley Ave, yeah. on com Ave. And like, we formed like, one of the most meaningful connections we have formed in our life. And it all happened in this room. And then four months later, that room gets cycled out, and an entirely new group of people come in and colonize that the room. Unaware of the ghosts. Completely unaware of, the unaware ghosts, of just, man. like, if the walls could talk, like, how much has happened in those kinds of spaces. If you think about it too much, you go crazy. Like, wow. it's insane. Wow.
0: I love that you're from San Diego. I uh, One, I think you're one of the chillest people I've ever met, full stop. I'm like a ball of fucking neurons and and whatever. So whenever I meet somebody who's particularly chill like you guys, (laughs) I'm always like, how? You also,
2: I mean- there's different. I'm a Gemini. I'm just kidding. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's there's different sides to it for sure. for sure. Just just come out with me one night, and you're not gonna think I'm chill. No, I go bonkers. I, I've <laughs> seen.
0: Like, we have been at the same shows and bars before, so I know that you can like party or like go <laughs> go. But I do like that your your resting pulse is like you do have a center to it i appreciate like, that you know i'm just like this all the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah consistently under caffeinated somehow comes off like i'm on adderall right um well, but nice. like <laughs> i do love uh san
1: diego though everything's so clean down there yes yeah. like it's, it's like la it just got like yes. s- squeaky clean like squeegee to all hell you
0: what I notice the, there are two things i noticed the first was that when you're, wa- when you're walking, sort of like the street that was like one block over from the ocean, all the houses had gorgeously designed doors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I took photos of every door because all the doors had these intricate inlays or looked like it was from The Hobbit or had like metal work. Whatever. It was crazy. That's my first observation. The second is I love the giant chair in Little Italy, uh-huh. specifically because I hope in some post-apocalyptic scenario mm-hmm. whoever is in like the ruins of San Diego thinks we were giants <laughs> whoa you <know>? like <laughs> that's such yeah. a good call <laughs> they're like they're like whoever lived in this region <laughs> were giant people massive all these small
2: people in these small rooms they all they all served this one titan <laughs> have you seen the little I haven't actually. it's one
0: giant picnic chair i'm gonna get a photo for you yeah um is it
1: kind of like the big table at the at the museum at the, at the broad Yeah. have you been to the broad yeah Do
0: you know the giant table
2: i'm not sure actually i wonder how often they switch it up this one time i went there and i snuck my grandma in because it's always <laughs> like a two hour right. wait and she really wanted to go to the broad and, and i had a a writing session so we went up together and i was like well we don't have time to go to the broad before the session with this line and i was like let's try to sneak in so i walked up and i was like hey um, i actually left my gopro in here earlier today i was filming some things i need to go get it i know exactly where it is it'll take me five minutes and they just looked at me they're like okay cool oh my god and amazing. we just walked around for hours Isn't oh my god incredible so That's really sweet. I, love
0: that. I know lying is bad I think.
2: Um, but I do <laughs> it think depends. That I do It think depends. just
1: depends. I do think
0: slight amounts of social engineering totally should be taken advantage of at any opportunity. Have you seen Catch Me If You Can? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love that movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a perfect example of that. Frank Abagnale Jr., like the guy that's yeah. really based on, he's done a series of seminars uh, you can watch on YouTube about how to protect yourself from phishing scams. Whoa. And mind <sighs> you, my brother, my mom, and our old manager all in the same year fell for different forms of social-based scamming, and it's and it was one of those things where I was like, just watch this video, like just understand how to not get right. fucked over by. I mean, like I got an e- you know, I get emails like all the time. That's like I have a video of you masturbating to the worst porn. Right? Oh my god! You know, I will send it to your boss you and girlfriend. Like that? I get emails. And, you know, unless you send me like three Bro, Bitcoin or four Bitcoin or whatever. And but, I, but that's the thing is like, <laughs> I obviously know one, like, you know, okay, I guess if my girlfriend knows I masturbate to whatever. Great. You know, my boss, Noah, yeah. <laughs> Noah finds out that I masturbate. know, you. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but then the other thing, <laughs> but the thing is, is that like, I'm sure that there are people who have fallen for that. Yeah. For sure. And, and it makes me really sad because it's, it's people being, it's vulnerability, yeah. you know, it's, it's just taking advantage of vulnerability. Can you imagine
1: the, in the early days of the internet, like, the first person to get the Nigerian <laughs> prince email? Because, like, if you don't know that that's a thing, like, before we had a language for understanding scamming on the internet, like, that it was the Wild West. Someone would be like, hey, I'm a Nigerian 100%. prince, like, send me this money, I'll, I'll give you a fortune. Like, that totally worked. That had to have worked for it to have become such a thing.
0: What if we, the three of us, write a movie? And okay. the movie is <laughs> about the first person to fall for that scam and really think that they're going to become a Nigerian prince. Yeah. But of course, they're getting scammed. But the whole movie, they think they're actually going to become Nigerian prince. The invention of so, scamming. So they like, they like tell their significant others to fuck off because they're a prince now. no. Oh, <laughs> right. And they're like, they're, you know, they're, being, they're making a fool of themselves in front of their family and whatever. And we, the audience, know it's a scam, but they truly think it is. And the movie is called The Nigerian Prince. I like it. But it's like a white guy from like Chicago.
2: Right. right. Like, and the song when he's telling everyone to fuck off. No, no, will You got, got yeah. that <laughs> yeah. Oh, my Play God. Incredible.
1: Can't wait to try to clear the rights to that. Right. <laughs> yeah, Anybody got a cool hundred grand on them real quick. You got and uh,
0: eight months to clear it. <laughs> We've gone on a tangent, though. San Diego. Yeah. You grew up in San Diego. What was that like? And how did you first get into music in the
2: capacity that you, you did? Do you guys want the whole... Yeah, that's yeah. what we're here for. Gabongle. I mean, if we can
0: go off for uh, <laughs> for 10 minutes about the Nigerian prince yeah, and masturbating true. for uh, Bitcoin, yeah. um, <laughs> you can talk about whatever you want <laughs> for however long
2: you want. So um, San Diego is awesome. I love it. Great place, I think, to have kids and raise your family and good schools and it's lovely. I probably intend to go back there at some point. The one thing that I felt a little bit separated from in San Diego was that I was lucky enough to find what I wanted to do very young. I knew that music was everything to me. And I knew that it would take a lot of work to make it a reality. And I just felt like I was kind of the only person working at something there. Like, I feel like a lot of people are just surfing and then getting burritos and after they sleep in till noon and like then just doing whatever. And the next day, same thing. And it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like when I moved to LA, I realized very quickly what drive actually looks like. Because compared to my peers, when I was in San Diego, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm working my ass off. How um, old
0: were you when you moved out here?
2: I started coming up to LA like four times a week, taking the train when oh, I was wow. like, 13 or 14.
0: So we're kind of similar in that respect because I think what's interesting about San Diego, I've never thought about it until you put it like this, San Diego is a place that you wind up. Exactly. Like San Diego is like- where you you retire. You retire, you work your ass off. Like I grew up in a suburb outside of New York City. And that suburb is where all of the folks who made a good living in the city, but then wanted to settle down and started a family, migrated to. So like my small town- You had three generations there or whatever. Like you had people who were just so happy to have settled there. And and that sort of permeated every aspect of the community. But then of course I would I would tell my parents I was uh going to my friend's house, hop on the Metro North, go down to New York City, and all of a sudden I was like, Oh shit, like people are people want stuff. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. I definitely
2: saw a drive from my dad. Like Mm. what does he he do? He was an inventor. Wow. Now he does real estate. That's awesome. But he works and worked his ass off always like if something's on his to-do list it's off in five minutes and he's putting something else on like he's a really hard worker so i saw it in like a business capacity but with music it's very different yeah because you can only control the greatness so much like there's a bit of magic you have to wish for you know so i don't know i just san diego was so small um i got my start you know did the whole started playing guitar when i was seven started singing and writing songs when I was like 10, 12. I started writing songs and then immediately just started doing the whole open mic circuit in San Diego. There were a lot of really cool places to play and a cool little community. And I was just addicted to showing random people new songs (laughs) that I had written. And uh, I got really lucky. One night I went to this open mic in Oceanside and Jason Mraz was there. And yeah, and he was the guy I'd, I'd come home from school. I'd put Jack Johnson on, and then once I got tired of him, I would put Jason Mraz on, right. and then John Mayer, right. and that was it. You go you know? up to Jason
0: Mraz, you are like, you are my second most listened to. Yeah, 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 for sure.
2: No, they they would they would swap, they would swap for sure. Um, but that that was my lane. I loved that kind of music growing up, and I still do for sure. But it was like what I that's what I was breathing back then. And so I walk in, I see the fedora, and I am like, <laughs> could it be the man? And he lived nearby, and he was about to go on tour. And I didn't know this then, but his whole management team was there to kind of scout the new band um, before they went on tour, give it the stamp of approval. And he was showing them what he'd been working on. And he did like eight songs and it was magical because there was like 20 people. Wow. And then after Jason played, they were like, okay, Cody, like go up. It's your turn. So he opened for me. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Very good. (laughs) And so I, I went up and, and I did a couple songs. One song that I had written the night before. It was a sad, slow song. And, and uh, I had to ask a random person from the audience to come and hold the sheet of paper I'd written the lyrics <laughs> on because it was so fresh. Oh, my God. Um, but yeah, Jason Mraz was there and he came up to me after and he was like, I loved your songs. I want to mentor you. I want you to be my protege. I want to introduce you to people and maybe bring you on the road someday and all this stuff. And I that's was like,
0: beautiful. that's awesome. And I
2: was like, Yes capital letters let's let's do it and so the next week we did the most san diego thing ever we went surfing together and then we went back to his farm avocado orchards like this right. recording studio and we made a song together and he kind of just kept me under his wing for a while did and you put
0: out did you put
2: out that no song? no it was just for fun he was, yeah, yeah but yeah i at that point i was 13 and he introduced me to his manager who looked after me for a few years bill silva And they just got me into these amazing rooms with these huge songwriters. And I just, I was just 13, 14, 15 year old kid, just going to all these sessions like four times a week on the train to and from LA back to San Diego. And like, it was a magical little moment. And I, I was working with these incredible songwriters and just trying to be a sponge and absorb all the information I could and did that for years and years. And then Jason brought me on the road, which was awesome. That's and insane. then I found a little corner that I thought my sound could live in, and I've just been expanding since then and releasing music. But that's how I got my start. I'm sorry, I f- completely forget the question. No, that was that I <laughs> no, yeah,
0: answered it. The question was more or less how did this all kind of come to be. I think what that's I was, amazing though. I mean, do you guys still keep in touch as well?
2: Yeah, for sure. He's one of the coolest, most grounded people I've ever met, for sure. Uh, but I think the answer was you know like San Diego, growing up. What was it like and and there's the community the start, there's well, well i there was that,
0: felt that pocket of the the i was light. like
2: i was like the the puppy dog like i the was just kid. i was just like watching him do his thing and mm-hmm. just learning and stuff but having his stamp of approval in san diego meant a lot and i kind of held my head pretty high as a kid making music down there and was like i've got this like this has been exactly what I thought it would be, which was, it was kind of easy. It was kind of handed to me. And I was like, I'm going to go up to LA and I'm going to show everybody what I got. And I came up here and I'm like, oh shit, that Mm. girl is a better guitar player. That guy writes better songs. (laughs) That person sings their ass off better than I can. And this guy's a producer and that guy mixes better than I could. And I was like, I don't even know how to open Logic on my computer. Like I'm so behind. And it was like Mm -hmm. this reality check of like, there are other people who want it just as bad as you do, and I was like, I got to step up my game, which has been so much fun. And I'm naturally a competitive guy, so it's been really fun to just kind of been put in the race. And
0: you're, you're telling me outside, you are a poker player.
2: Yeah, I was more of a poker player than I am, but uh, but it, it's fun. Yeah, we t- we I t- love t- we playing talk poker. We talk a lot
0: about it on the on the podcast because of my my little fixation with it. So I, I nice. do appreciate that. That's out of you. I have a I have a, a very brief. Jason Mraz thing that cool. I don't even think you know this, Noah. Oh, yeah. But my first producing experience ever, in high school, the girl I had a crush on, I was like in love with uh, for like a while. <laughs> she was a big fan of Jason Mraz, and she wanted to do a cover of "I Won't Give Up." So she's like, "Do you know how to like record and like produce and everything like that?" And I'm like, "Yes, no, didn't idea. know, yeah, no <laughs> idea." I'm like yes. I just downloaded Pro Tools like that week. Um, so I like, you know, she's like, cool, I'll come by the weekend. I'm like, she's coming over to my house. <laughs> so so I like spend that week just like, Learning how to produce everything. <laughs> I, I hadn't heard the song even before. So I like spent hours like listening just to listening it and to like, it. like like getting it like in my brain. And so she comes over to record the song. I don't say a word the entire day. I'm so nervous. You know, but she records, like I played the piano and everything. She records up to the bridge of uh I won't give up. And then she's like, oh, we'll just do the rest like another time or like whatever. But I'm like, this is my opportunity to show her how much. I care about her. I'm going to, because it was just a piano at that point. I'm going to like turn this into a score. I'm going to like make this like the most beautiful cinematic thing you've ever heard. And then I'm going to sing on the bridge and then sing the last chorus. So it's like a duet, but also it's kind of like me like confessing how I feel. (laughs) And so I did, I produced like a cover of like the first thing I ever produced was a cover of I Won't Give Up with like strings and harps and like all this shit going on and like my voice like layered and all this like whatever and I give it to her and she is she's freaked out by it she's like this is objectively too much (laughs) um we're really good friends now like we've been friends since high school we she's in a serious relationship I've been in you know various relationships like we are like capital F Friends now, so we like nice. laugh about it. But she's like, like we were talking about it even last time I was in New York. She was like, "That was a really cool and nice thing you did." Definitely way too much though. <laughs> like, so she went... she
2: understood that this was you confessing.
0: No, she. Well, I also wrote a note. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh my god! There's yeah.
2: something about like the first moments of like creation or production, mm-hmm. production especially for me, where I I listened back to like the first track ever made, and it was like a really hard like rap beat, and I'm like this is really sick. And it was before I knew how to like change a pitch on Logic. So I would take like the megaphone voice sampler and then make 10 different tracks and one's pitched down two semitones, one's pitched down seven semitones. And then you just placed the ones on different tracks, you know, but you got it done and you figured it out and you had the thing in your head and then you executed it somehow. And
0: And that's not how you get your sound. I was telling Jess in the car the other day about, Uh, The Generous story, our first, Mm. what I considered to be our first song, even though it wasn't the first song that came out, was this like four minute track that Noah made. And the beginning sounded like a, if I may say it, like a bad porn intro. (laughs) Like there was just like a little bit too much kind of weirdness going on. I don't know. I don't want to shit on it. You did a great job.
1: I mean, yeah, it wasn't... I think bad porn intro is accurate because it was very, like... <laughs> it was very inspired. I remember a sample
0: going, oh, yeah. yeah.
1: No, <laughs> no it was, you do it, not. It wasn't, it wasn't specifically, oh, yeah. It was, like, one of those Apple loop vocal samples that I was trying to, like, do in, like, a weird Flying Lotus kind of, like, 2014 hype machine kind of Bonobo-esque, like, indie electronic music kind of thing. But I feel like the result was... The kind of thing you would hear in like some weird, like I don't know. It was experimental.
0: Well, and, and that was the thing i had written it off. Like Noah had sent me a bunch of stuff he was working on at the time. And I'd sort of written it off because that intro was very long. It was a long, weird experimental really intro. Weird. But then there was then I put a song in there. But then the center, like like after you listen to it for like a minute and a half or two minutes, there's a chorus there that like I mean it's the chorus of Generous for anybody who knows our music, all four of you who listen to our music. Um <laughs> there's And that chorus, like when I heard that, it was like, oh shit! Like this is, this is there. But that's what I find so interesting about that early time is like, you know, one, I was, you know, like our relationship has always sort of been like forest trees. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like having a second pair of eyes to kind of see what you can't see when you're too close to it. But but also, I I think that those early times too, you're just throwing everything you got at the wall. Yeah. So you know, when you have those moments, you're like, oh god! Like this is a song. Like, oh, this is where it is. There's where the magic is. That's special. I I miss that. I think we try to find that. I think yeah. we try to capture that. I think it gets harder the older you get.
2: I think it just gets harder the, the more you know. Like, yeah. I feel like, sorry, Tim and Paula, the less you know, the better. Most the of the time know, the when, with music, with, with most situations, I think just being instinctive and intuitive rather than learned. I mean, I think there's both. Like, I think... Yeah. To be a, a great musician or a great songwriter, you have to learn all the things and then learn how to forget them and put them in the back seat. Yeah. But you have to have known them at some point. And I think we're all doing music because of the way that music made us feel when we first started listening or first started, oh, when I heard John Mayer for the first, like, that made me feel so different than any other music. And I think we chase that. Yeah. And the more you think about it, the less you can really tap in. So it's like this it's a hard balance. Well
0: and and I I think also like you know and, and I know I said this before too if everything you learn you have to you have to kill something too like everything yeah. you learn you you lose a kind of innocence and knowledge is control and you know ignorance is chaos and there's there's a a benefit to either. Yeah. I think you know you can equate it to relationships though a lot of ways too like I think that ideally everybody wants to find a partner. Ideally everybody wants stability. Everybody wants to know who their person is. But also when you're in that situation, you know, you miss having a crush. Like when was the last time, Like, I mean, high school crushes mm-hmm. and we were just talking about it. Like you feel that in your teeth, man. Yeah. You know, like you really feel that in your teeth. Like, and the more that you learn about your boundaries, or other people's boundaries, or even just having relationships, or having you know enough sex in your life that it's not like the same terrifying experience it is that first go around or whatever. Like just losing those nerves, mm-hmm. losing those nerves. Like you know, and there was a time when like I hated how nervous I would be about everything, and now there's a time where I'm like, when was the last I time missed I was that? Yeah, nervous. nervous. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's the same thing. Like. I- I see all these musicians who are strictly musicians for musicians. You know, they make yeah. music for people who do music and it's like, how did they get there? They, yeah. they didn't start music loving that, like yeah. the mm. super jazz stuff. Like not many people just listen to it in the first time go, wow, that's it. But a lot of people end up there. Mm. And I think it's because we want to feel the thing that we felt the first time around. Mm. And you have to shock yourself to feel that. That's why John Mayer probably has some really weird sex fetishes. Like you said, like, <laughs> Sometimes with certain things you have to go deeper or you have to hold on to the innocence and mm-hmm. hold on to the naiveness that makes you appreciate what the simple things are.
0: Well, and that's like, you know, when was the last time you remember having stage fright? Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like I've, no Noah yeah. and I played, you know, we played the tracks and, and whatnot. We had a pretty on the rails set. And it got to the point where like we didn't feel anything before going up on stage. Yeah. But we then we changed our whole setup. You know where we actually had to play more, and there was less sort of track reliance and all this, whatever. And then I remember the first time we played the set before that, I was nervous mm-hmm. before playing, and it was awesome. Yeah, I had no idea if I knew the set, and that was awesome. You know, like 100%. Yeah, I don't know. You gotta you gotta build the car while you're driving it sometimes. You know,
2: you've got just a bunch <laughs> of these one-liners. You just say, okay? Can you repeat <laughs> this so I remember? Knowledge is oh, knowledge control. is control. Control. Ignorance is chaos. chaos i love that
0: you've been saying some lines too though man like um, this thanks, is this is <laughs> this might be this might be up there with the most quotable episode Ooh, had. somebody
2: yeah. get a tattoo when most people ask me if they should do music i start off saying no <laughs> i'm like no fucking way i people with luck skill Every tool in the box, it's still so difficult. Yeah. But, but I, I obviously, my parameters have changed. Like, the word success has changed a lot over the last years for me. Yeah. Um, and now I'd be like, fuck yeah. Do what makes you happy, of course.
0: When somebody says, like, should I pursue music? I answer the question similarly to, like, if somebody were to ask if they should play, uh, you know, the the WSOP main. Mm. You know, it's like... If you can burn 10k, sure, you know, like it's more like, and of course, obviously comes from privilege or whatever, but it's more like when somebody's like, "Should I quit my job and pursue it?" I'm like, if you can avoid quitting your job, avoid th- it, you know, like.
2: <laughs> I think the the um, the vision is already flawed. If somebody says, "Should I do this?" Mm. I know that I never had a choice. Yeah, I discovered yeah. music, or rather, music discovered me. And there was nothing I could do about it. If you meet the love of your life and you go, should I? It's probably not the love of your life, you know? And so should I, I think is already flawed. And that's usually my answer is like, why are you asking me? One of my friends once, he's such a good musician. And he also sometimes has a self-destructive way about him where he's like, every other week he'll be either on the highest high of his life or about to quit music. And he, one time, well, over a few months when I was working with him, he was like, should I quit? And I was always like, no, what? You're so talented. You're so great. You have the best songs. Like, we can do this. We like Everything's fine. We, We have all the tools we need. And then finally, one time he's like, should I quit? And I was like, yep. Just to fuck with him a little bit, I guess. But I was like, yep, you should. And he was like, what? I'm like, you should. I mean, you've been talking about it long enough. You should probably quit. And he's like, what do you mean? Wait, why would you say that? I'm like, why are you so mad? He goes, well, I don't know. I'm like, if you quit music, what do you want to do tomorrow? He's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "What are you doing tomorrow?" He's like, you should "Probably play my piano." I'm like, "No, you quit music. You're not allowed to play your <laughs> no, piano." And bad, He's yeah. like, "Oh, okay, yeah, okay." Uh,
1: <laughs> that's beautiful. I like the whole. Well, life.
0: that's actually how how my dad realized that he didn't want to pursue music anymore. Was um he was doing a songwriting session with somebody, and the guy was like, he was writing with, was like talking about like his life and his work and like kind of you know as you do it in the beginning of the sessions but instead of kind of like using that to write my dad started kind of coaching him a little bit kind of being like oh but have you thought about doing this or like <laughs> have you sort of like looked at it from this perspective and the guy's like are we gonna write a song you're gonna coach me and my dad's like i, I think i kind of like coaching now <laughs> like, wow during the session yeah. my, 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 dad's, so cool. my dad's a coach so my dad is a business coach like a motivational wow. kind of whatever that's that, that's how he like that's what he tells is like the story where because because he was trying to do the-
1: yeah i like i like the said earlier of like and I've, I've talked about this a lot throughout my life people always say like oh like why did you choose music it's like there it wasn't it, it never was a choice right you know and it never is like the, the stuff you end up doing like you don't really i mean we all like to think we have agency but i think a lot of the things we end up like falling into in life we don't actually have well, so much I'll, agency for. I'll,
0: I'll, I'll do something other than music when somebody shows me a better game you know, I, like, he's already
1: I, off into poker. <laughs> no, I'm
0: serious. Like it's that. Like I, I mean, I was doing a bunch of other stuff. I was happy. I was, you know, I was writing songs for myself and calling it a day. And then somebody had to go ahead and introduce this whole pop thing and and how interconnected and interpersonal it is and how collaborative it can be and how rewarding those collaborations can be and how exciting it can feel to get that chorus right or get that production right like so you know you throw that gauntlet down on me like I'm looking for something to beat that right like and if somebody does show me something that could beat that I'm gone the next day easy I, I just you know but it's like this is the best game in town like
2: that's, that's very cool though that, that you have that Awareness. I feel like a lot of people, myself included for a while, I used to think that like my first thoughts, kind of like what we were talking about with like being intuitive with your art and trying to stay naive and innocent and, and keep your former ideas. I always used to like prioritize my former goals and my former ideas of the word success and and my former like route or like pathway that I wanted to take. And I used to prioritize that over my present one. And I wouldn't mm-hmm. even let myself have a present one because I was like, no, I set out to do this goal. I'm going to go there. I'm going to do it. But like you having that awareness of like wanting to reevaluate or at least giving yourself the real estate to reevaluate if you ever have to, well, be- yeah. is because so crucial. It's because huge.
0: I reject the premise that quitting music means you can't play the piano, you know, because like in, right. in my head, here's how I, I break it down is that, If I don't want to release music, that's my prerogative. I can write a bunch of songs for myself, like record little things, send them to my friends. And that for a while did make me very happy. If I'm going to be releasing music on Spotify, on Apple Music, you know, if I'm going to be putting music out, then I'm no longer in the game that I was talking about. I am in this other game that we are all playing. And if I'm going to be Mm. doing that, I'm not playing that softball. Right. I'm not like if I'm going to be releasing music publicly releasing music, I want to do it better than anybody else can. I want to be doing it. And I don't compare it to other people, but like if I want to show it to my friends, I'm showing it to my friends. If I'm releasing on Spotify, millions of streams. Like that's how I think about this kind of stuff, you know, totally. because. The intention was, is very different. Yeah, yeah, it's two different things. It's like there's music and there's the music business or the music game or whatever. Um, but yeah, but like I said, I, I and I, maybe this is a segue to rocket. I, you know, I say this on the podcast a lot too, which is I used to feel very down on myself because I did a lot of different things, but I didn't love music. I mm. didn't love film. I didn't love this or that in the way that my friends who I interacted with loved those things. But I realized that those were all planets and that I love my spaceship. I love building a crew, cool. flying somewhere. Like I love Entering the atmosphere and leaving the atmosphere like those are the things that I love like that sort of, you know migration, you know But then of course like yeah, I still do a lot of like sound design and film work and and whenever It's become kind of a joke that whenever a friend wants me to work on a project. They'll call me and be like yeah I heard you uh quit. I heard you uh, don't do this anymore. Um, so you'll, you'll do my film like <laughs> They know that I'm full of shit, you know that whenever I say like oh, yeah I'm done doing this right. that they just need to like, you know ask. I'm like, okay fine. You twisted my leg spaceship I turn my heart into a rocket
2: for as know? long as you're mine baby nice. Yeah my heart a rocket for as long as
0: you're mine
2: Do you guys know what that song is about?
0: No, not necessarily. We uh We never
2: even talked about it. Oh, no. Really.
0: We tried to capture your feelings. But I don't think we necessarily got like the story <laughs> behind it, you know? Do you want it? Yeah, yeah, I would think that this is the, the rock This is probably
1: the, a, a the, cool the, spot. Yeah. Of, yeah.
0: I mean, we had such a great time working on that song with you because you are you are an incredible producer in your own right. Like, Thank you. Yeah, you,
1: I, I feel like I learned so much just working on that song
2: with you. Oh, cool. I learned a lot too from y'all. <laughs> yeah, that song, well, we should get into how we worked on it together. But before, I'll give you a little snippet about that writing process. Yeah. I was seeing this girl and she was like, Incredible, not the not same. Not breakup no, time. No, not breakup town. Rocket was kind of, it kind of felt like I was using my camera, but I put this girl's lens on my camera, you know? Hmm. Like I was looking through her eyes with my own words, of course. But she said something to me at lunch. We were having a really wonderful day and she just kind of said, you know, I don't mind where this goes or how bad it hurts when it goes where it probably will go as long as I can be fully in it until we crash, you know? Hmm. And I was like, fuck, that is so beautiful. Like that expectation of like, I'm prepared for the worst, but I'm living for the best, you know, yeah. is so awesome.
0: Cause we are so end oriented. I think that like, we? Yeah. we are scared of how things end, but everything does. So, you know, we don't, necessarily want to like experience all the joy of something because we somehow equate experiencing that joy with how much pain you're because borrowing it, you're borrowing from the yeah. future like the more happy you Whoa, are here, so and from the cool. past
1: you're you're taking past trauma and past loss and, and anticipating it anticipating and being it, like that's yeah. going to happen to me again so i have to like avoid that and like mitigate that and somehow. it sounds
2: stupid when you say it out loud but you're probably right you're that's, usually right yeah that, that's you know? the thing. until you aren't once probably because
0: <laughs> when you yeah when you when you do wind up breaking up like you mourn all the joy you had you know, because of the fact that you're not going to get that again. Right. You know, but that's like, that's so ridiculous. You know, my last ex said that I was momentary. And she didn't say it as like, um kind of like a dig or as like a, that she was going to be flighty. She just sort of like understanding her own sort of history with relationships. She's like, yeah, this is probably going to be momentary. You're probably going to be momentary. And I was like, but she didn't see that as a sad thing. She saw that as just the truth. You know, and and the context that we could enjoy the situation. Well,
1: if I may drop a lyric as well. One one of my favorite verses I've ever written is, and if we're lucky, we can keep this up forever. I guess that means we'll get to watch each other die. Or we could break each other's hearts, grow up and grow apart. Seems to be a fairly narrow line. But in this moment, everything's all right. Whoa. Whoa. And I, I think what I what I, what I what I always love about landing there is is, it's just, it has to come back to, in this moment, everything is all right.
0: A shout out to Renaissance Boy, Nova solo project. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we shamelessly plugged both <laughs> Literally, all <laughs> three <laughs> of
1: our projects have been yeah, plugged, exactly. <laughs> shamelessly. I feel, like, I feel like I had to round it out.
0: It's beautiful that you wrote it from that perspective, though. Yeah. And I think that a lot of it, you know, sort of preempts that kind of presence that you're talking about that you're sort of experiencing now for
2: yourself. Yeah, I think... Just to go back to what you said, like the girl that you dated's perspective that it's it's not a sad thing. It's just what this just the truth. I think it's really easy to feel that way until too many or probably the right amount of feelings have been built, yeah. and then it's like, oh fuck, we took it too far, and now it's just gonna be a burn on my arm forever. You know? Uh,
0: yeah, I love the, the little burn you wear. Is that what you said? Yeah, I love that.
2: I also got a little burn on my wrist one of the first weekends I met my most recent <laughs> ex-girlfriend and um
0: love is a fire it and burns I, everything yeah
2: oh my gosh Ray Montaigne my heart's like paper your heart's like a flame
0: hey mm-hmm. I was oh, quoting um uh Leonard Cohen but that uh, song,
2: I, I've I've never, I've never worked on the production like we did before then. And it's actually one of my favorite ways to, to work on it. The thing that was weird is that...
0: Because I was surprised you asked because you are, a, you are, you produce, like you are a producer. So like, but then Aaron, our mutual friend, was he managing you?
2: He was helping out oh, a lot. Yeah. 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 Aaron's so Aaron,
0: the man. Aaron, I've known for a, a while. He was one of the first people I, I've met out here, just from going to shows and stuff. Uh, and then of, of course he wound up well, actually, one time we drove him to the airport. That's I think what really bonded us. When you drive somebody to LAX, you're bonded. You know for it's life. real. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Aaron also manages our friend Charlie, uh, Curtis Beard. You know, Aaron's like, hey, like I have uh, this guy Cody who's like looking for some folks. I'm like, oh, Cody and I have gotten drunk together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we have. Yeah, we should do that again. We should definitely do that again.
2: But yeah, that that was a, a strange way to arrive at the production, is because yeah, I do I do produce most of my own stuff and I really enjoy it. But there was something about Rocket that I knew where I wanted it to go, but I didn't know how to get it there. And I was like, I need somebody who really understands what I don't hear and understands how to make it sound like you're in a spaceship. And back then I was just like, oh, synths are just a different world I don't understand. And since then I got a profit and I've learned a lot. (laughs) Um, But when we did outreach, I kind of was just like, yeah, Aaron, do your thing, like whatever route you want to take. And he had... A few producers like work on it on spec and just send in little demos like what they would do. And we got a bunch of versions that were really cool and really nice, but it kind of felt like most of the people who sent things in had kind of listened to my music too much and (laughs) considered what I had already done as what I wanted to do. And it felt like what y'all did was just recklessly what the song wanted. And it's our, our lack
0: of
1: research finally comes yeah, in. Handy. Finally yeah, because yeah, I I sometimes the less you know the better. Music. I was just I just yeah. got the song I was like, oh let's see what happens. Like
2: and and what you guys did, I was like, I hear so many things within this that are meant to be on the track. But even more than that, I was like I know from listening to the demo that these guys know exactly how to do the things that I don't know how to do, and I can use my adjectives, and you guys can know how to make it a stem for the song. Yeah, and so that's when I was like, "Yes, Aaron, let's lock this up. Let's let's start doing this." And we just sent stems back and forth, and you know, I'd I'd the drums in with those analog toms and stuff, Mm -hmm. and sent it to you guys, and you're like, "Oh, well, what if we put this on it, and what if?" this thing happened, I'm like, oh, what if we had, like, gunshot rockets, like, going in the yeah, background? Yeah, and we had that- I mean, I love, yeah.
1: Yeah, that was a crazy sound. Like- yeah, it was one of the most, like, for as remote as it was, it was one of the more collaborative productions I've worked on in a while. Yeah. Um, but also, I well, the thing that I really, I think about, that, like, comes to mind every so often about working on Rocket With You is also just how, how specific your vision was for it mm. and how, like, at no point did you settle or compromise on any aspect well, of that. You production. never stopped
0: being the producer on it. Yeah. You, even though you brought on producers, you were still to what I define and what the definition of a producer was up until laptops were <laughs> like, you were still very much had the clear thought of what this is. Like you didn't send it to a producer to get it out of your hands. You sent it to a producer to execute.
2: To show what, me how to hold what it. What was yeah. in your head. Yeah. yeah.
0: For sure. and, and I think, you know, one of the, one of the reasons I, And maybe it's just like indicative of kind of who we are. Maybe it's a bad habit or like whatever. But I do think that one of the things that Noah and I are part of our creative process is that oftentimes we are flying by the seat of our pants a little bit. Like I intentionally, before podcast episodes, try to find out as much as I can to have a conversation and as little as I can to be surprised. Mm -hmm. Whenever we have an artist come in for a session, when we first started out, we like went through their discography religiously. But so often we've had artists come in and say, ignore my discography. I have not been able to find a producer that has gotten the sound that I want. And it's not in our ears because we didn't even listen to it before they came in. Uh, And I don't even like come into sessions sometimes with concepts. Um, I tell the story sometimes of like the first time we wrote with Transviolet. And I thought that I wanted to write like a, you know, sort of like a risky, sexy, naughty, Thing I'd, I'd written some like lines for that because a lot of their music was sort of leaning in that direction. And she comes in and she's like, oh, you know, I have just had a series of bad sessions where like all these like writers are trying to write these like sexy, risky, naughty lines. Like, it's so like frustrating because I just want to mm-hmm. write something like heartfelt. Do You know what I'm talking about? I'm like, yeah, I have no idea why they would write yeah. risky Things, that would Crumpling be so up the piece of paper strange, and tossing you know, over like, your shoulder. That would be so inappropriate. So that's the thing is like, I think that what that does is that centers us to focus on what is the song asking. And I think your vision in the song was so clear and like so suggested, even in the demo. Like you could have even just sent you playing the guitar and you would hear the Bowie aspects, you would hear like the sound effects and right. and the, the synth, like all the things that wound up going through. It was very clear what you were going for from the jump. But I do think, yeah, if we had, you know, prior to taking it on, sat down with your entire discography, I don't think we would have been able to hear it.
2: Exactly. Um, so I, think that well, I, I appreciate you up. saying that, uh, though, by the way.
1: Well, and also really my, my personal favorite way to work is getting free license to just, pun intended, blast off into outer space. <laughs> And have people who whose job in the process it is to bring that back down to earth. Like that is how I feel like I'm most useful as a producer is coming up with the weirdest, craziest, most out there version of something. Yes. And then someone with a cooler head gets to be like, okay, 45% of that was cool, well, generously. That's, and that's
2: how I felt with Rocket. Even, I mean, even the first demo, I was like, oh, these guys are just batshit crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, these guys have guts. Yeah. And I have always made... Really clean songs, really like compact and nice songs, and like you can hear everything that you're supposed to hear and and you know everything's fixed and corrected and there's a lot of soul and heart into it because of the writing and stuff. but I had been wanting to find out how to create recklessly, relentlessly just raw, leave the guitar squeaks in, leave the pitchy vocal moments in. and when I heard y'all's demo, I was like, these guys. Are as crazy as i'm trying to be <laughs> within my creation and since then I've, I've really been able to find the balance between polish and raw and like really find that space that i've been wanting to live in for a long time i, I want to send you guys some songs that display that i yeah, mean I'd absolutely love to hear we'd that. love
0: to hear them or or collaborate yeah, or of whatever
2: well when you sent it over it was so hard for me to mute things because it was mm-hmm. all so cool but i was like it's not cool for rocket though mm-hmm. it's cool for a hundred other songs not for this one. It's just like parts of it. But the things that I kept, you know, I was like, this is exactly what needs to be here. And mm-hmm. it just inspired the next section and, and that, that bridge, that guitar solo. Those synths, you added that, like I pitched up an octave and another octave, and then it was throughout the whole last chorus. And it makes you feel like, oh my god, like somebody's screaming back there. Nobody was, but it felt yeah, like the whole yeah. song was just screaming and screaming, and then it just, backed just down. back it down. It's like, oh my
1: gosh, I, I love I mean, that song. I think the sonic palette that we like created collectively between all of us is one of my favorite like pieces of Sonics that I've ever been a part of. Yeah, me There's too. There's something really special about the way that. Those choruses open up like it's it's hard to describe. It's almost kind of mystical, just like, yeah, just something so like beautiful and open and literally spacious about it. Well,
0: and and I don't I don't want to detract too much. Like people know our our thing, but like you made that sound happen. Like I I think that my role in the in the collaboration was a lot of like when we would talk because you have all these thoughts and ways of expressing it, but like anything else that needs to be translated and parsed down into like what that is. So I think like in a lot of ways like you would say something and I'd be like, okay, that's what he's saying. But this is also almost like what I'm getting and yeah. like feeling in my gut. So then when Noah's working on it, I'm like, does that hit the gut thing? I was really the gut guy on it. Yeah. But like, as far as like the actual fucking sound design, like Noah, that is you. And I don't want like, I don't want but like, anybody listening. But like,
1: that's like, it was, it was Cody as well. Like, I think what's so beautiful right, right. about it is it was such a truly collaborative. Like, I feel like it was such a push and pull between both of our sensibilities that it landed in in such a wonderful middle ground. I
0: just, I I don't want anybody to get it twisted. I don't want to take credit for things I didn't do. Like I, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't touch a synth on it, but I do think that so much of what, how to get that song right came down to the way the three of us were communicating. you You had a clear thought and it required three people to make sure that we all knew what that was like to be on the same page about yeah, it, you know? Absolutely. Um, and it was just very fun. I just, I remember hearing like one of the final demos. I was like house sitting for uh, a friend and it was just like, I was house sitting and dog sitting and the dog had, was just keeping me up. Hmm. And I get this bounce and like for a moment I had peace before mm-hmm. the dog stepped on my balls. <laughs> uh- <laughs>
1: it was also one of those songs that I like didn't get sick of when I had to hear it a hundred times. Yeah. Like over the course of many like weeks, which was always nice.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we finished it pretty quick, too. But usually, I agree, like, once the song comes out, I'm kind of over it. But that song, like, I'll still listen to it every few months and be yeah. like, yeah, we did something cool there.
0: Yeah. I love the music video, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was so... you tell so, me about that, that Oh, my process? gosh. Yeah.
2: I didn't tell you guys about that? Oh, my God. I threw a party a big party and I got so like way too drunk. Like, oh, and no. I'm, I, I usually like, I think I've been hung over like three times in my life, but this was like really bad. Like throwing up, like feeling like if I stood up, like probably closer to alcohol poisoning than oh, geez, just yeah. hung over. Like yeah. it was yeah. really bad. And I don't know. How, it was just that Kirkland tequila. That was so cheap. I was like, <laughs> so something that, happened. There. Yeah. Something yeah. happened. But I planned to shoot this music video the day after the party and I had to drive Into the desert, right? Into the desert. You
0: had called us us so excited about the music video video concept. Um, But I remember there was slightly more phallic. Oh my God.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right. We had a really funny idea for the end, me trying to be meta. I'm so glad we didn't do it. <laughs> we are going to, I actually still, so we bought flares for the music video because the end was going to be a drone going up and I'm going to be like laying down and there's going to be a flare that spelled out rocket. And then you'd zoom out more and it'd be a Penis <laughs> of, in flares. Yeah. And I still have those $200 of flares <laughs> in my closet because they won't let me return them and I don't know what to do with them. Write it like, off. At least you wrote it off. Right? I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The marketing budget yeah, covered if it. The, if the IRS comes, yeah. like, Here, you take them. You yeah. take them. But yeah, that video, I showed up and I was, I mean, I was laying in the back seat of the car. And luckily, my girlfriend at the time was taking really good care of me and like, you know, wet towel on the forehead, like just trying to make oh, me. God. And I show up and somehow, well, the, the video idea is like you just crash landed into a random planet. It almost worked in your advantage. Yeah, I yeah. was pale, and I had the spins all day. And I mean, <laughs> the music the video first itself shot, has some
0: spins as well. Yeah, the
2: first shot of the day, like after I had been like hardly able to stand up or get out of bed because I thought I was gonna freaking die, the first shot of the music video is a consecutive three and a half minute take of me holding the camera myself and spinning around in circles while oh this hungover and I did it and somehow it cured me like it cured my hangover and for the rest of the day I was like totally fine until they were like okay it's a wrap and then it hit me right again no, uh, it was just the adrenaline the thing, of shooting here's I think.
0: the thing No and I have had moments like this I think when you have been an artist for as long as you have you have another like you have a second like there have been times when you and I have had to pull really fucking late nights or we've needed a kind of confidence or a kind of drive that we did not have. You've told me before, you've looked in, you've looked in the mirror. You're like, I'm a fucking lion. Yeah. I'm fucking doing this. Wow, well, I like, love that. There, is, <laughs> there have been times when we have had to somehow get like some superhuman level of whatever. Yeah. It's the person you are when you're on stage. Mm-hmm. It's the person like... You whatever be- comes out, you have to fix it. Like, like, there's you're, no choice. You're, you're Cody yeah. LaVasse, but you are... Capital C, capital L, Spotify <laughs> verified Cody Lavos. while you're shooting the music video. Like you inhabited the artist persona, that parasocial meta- Person, and then you became a human being again, and you had all that shit happen to you. you
2: <laughs> yeah, something clicked for sure. Yeah, same thing to- with the music video I made before uh, called "Flowers on the Freeway." Did oh, you guys yeah. ever
1: see that video? I think I saw. I think it's a from it, Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. it's like a, it's a short film I made with my friend Spartan, and we. I mean, he he had this incredible idea for the so a, for was the a film Spartan idea. Yeah, very spart- <laughs> very Spartan idea, and he was like, "In order to do this right, we need." A lot of money. And I was like, well, I only have a little bit of that. So you can have this and I'll just do everything else myself. I'll, I'll figure it out. I will do the font. I will do the sound design. I will do the Foley. I will, you know.
0: Which by the way, if you ever need that in the future, I got you. Well, That's yeah, my job. <laughs> it's so
2: fun. It, I, and and I, I did it all. And we shot this video and I mean, we made the like vintage sounding guitar track that plays over the titles. We, we made we did overdubs with the actors instead of it sounding like, hey, It was we were like, hey, you need to lower your voice and do it, hey, next time. And so we'd have these voice actors come in into my vocal booth and retrack audio over it. And I had no idea how to do anything. But for three weeks, I everything. did not sleep more than three hours a night because I knew I had to hit the deadline. And I was like, this has to come out. It has to come out perfect. And I have to do everything because I don't have a budget for it. And so me and Spartan just back and forth that for a few weeks after we shot it and it was so fun and so exhaustingly beautiful. Like mm-hmm. it was like, I didn't sleep, but I turned into like this sleepless zombie who could just like walk through this plane yeah. of work and get it done. And then it came out and I was like sleeping for like, like right, fucking right. 10 hours a night. Well, whatever. It, yeah. it just
0: genuinely feels like an alter ego. It feels, it it feels like a super superhero thing, you know, yeah. like Sleeping line. We can we can finish a song fucking sleeping. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like and I, I do think that that is where all that work goes to, where the instincts go to, where you know, your ability to just like fuck it, turn off, let's do this, you know, like to go outside of yourself and see the project for what what it is, you know, like that it is this entity that you happen to be weak at burning, you know. <laughs> but like, I mean, we get the experience of the fact that we're we're sort of both holding up this. Thing together, right? You know, so it's not like, but yeah, there have been times where, where yeah, I'm, I'm like, I, I, we've been through it, you know, like, uh, you're, you're fucking tired, you're fucking drunk, you're whatever, you have to hit your deadline, and,
1: and you do, yeah,
0: you know, and it all goes away, Who or you said, don't,
2: and that's oh, a week late, but
1: that's okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. It's not that deep anyway. You yeah, know? There's, there's the the, like, a
1: yeah, Benny Bonko clip of him just being like, You have to get this thing done by this time. Like, you don't. It's made up. You never do. Yeah, you, you never, yeah. never do. You literally
0: never do. Every time I call my mom, I'm like, I'm stressed. She's like, Is anybody telling you to be stressed? Like, are you, like, like you don't, you could just move the deadline. I'm like, But then it'll come out April 14th and the, the 6th. And she's like, And? and?
1: Yeah. Like, one, once I figured
2: out that nobody's watching, <laughs> nobody's watching you, nobody yeah. actually cares. Yeah.
1: I was like, oh my God, I found so much peace. But it is nice yeah, to care about. Even if you're like on a major label like, and things have a lot of people and a lot of money depending on it, Like stuff still gets pushed back all the time. All the time.
0: All the time. I'm also, with that said, it is nice to care about something that much. Yeah. And I, I forget who said it, but remember somebody one time gave us the advice, which was like, um, be aware of what keeps you up at night. Yeah. I've always thought that that was very interesting because, you know, sometimes you're up like at four in the morning because your mind's racing about, you know, you suddenly have a music video idea or you suddenly have this. Like, I love one of my favorite parts about our job is that I could be driving, you know, to pick up coffee and I'm running late somewhere. I'm like, you know, there's a million things going on that day. I'm stuck in traffic. And then all of a sudden I know what our cover art's going to be Three singles down right? the
2: road, yes. Mm-hmm. And I,
0: you know, I literally called up Noah the other day. I'm like, I have our cover art for our the single that's two, two from here, you know, whatever. And and that's great, you know, because that's when it came, you know, like that. So fun. I love that part of the job. Me too. You know, I, you know, you're picking up from Duck House, and you're, you know, you're driving back into Los Angeles, and and all of a sudden you've got a, an entire verse that you're like. Fidgeting with you with your phone and trying not to crash into anybody right. just to get the voice memo down or whatever, you know And and then all oh, that's the song. Yeah you
2: know? I, I just I just did this yesterday. I was um on my way to a session with my friend Ruby Bahari Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah And I showed her this song that I wrote through this last breakup and and she it really hit her hard when I played it for her. And we had like a couple lines as an idea for maybe a featured verse and I was on my way to the session that we were supposed to write it. And I was just like, I'm going to listen to it and just kind of get in the mood. And it was like a 20 minute drive. And I remember listening to it. And then for the rest of the drive, I wrote everything. <laughs> and I showed up, I'm like, hey, if you don't hate this, we might not have to do any work today. <laughs> and it that. was awesome. Is that, is that that how
0: you, the song you guys did together came to be? Or is that another song coming it's another,
2: out? It's another song. What's yeah. that song called? It's called Staring at the Sky. Nice. Yeah. How did
0: the song you guys just put out? Uh,
2: come <sighs> to That's a crazy story. I love a crazy story. Um. So my ex-girlfriend now, and I broke up for like four days, <laughs> like eight months ago, six months into our relationship. And I had this session planned with Bihari, Ruby and Natalia, and I was really looking forward to it. I've been wanting to work with them for a long time. So my ex-girlfriend and I, we, we broke up and the next day was, was that session. And I was like, I can't bail. I can't move it. I, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. And... Before they show up, I'm like telling myself like, okay, don't be a downer. Just, you know, put this in the back seat for a session and don't tell them about it. Let's just be good vibes, right? And the girls come in and Griff Clausen's in the room with us too. Oh, He's yeah. my boy. Friend of the pod. I love Griff. And Griff knew about it, but the girls didn't. And... Ruby sits down and she starts playing my upright piano and she's playing these really sad chords and I'm just in the corner like hold it in, like hold <laughs> it in don't tell her, don't tell her and I'm like just listening to her and I'm like what are you, what are you hearing like what do you think this is about? And so
0: they both have the most gorgeous voices. Right. Uh, just like amazing. You can count the thread count, you know right? like it's just, oh my gosh. it's it's a microfiber. Like- right, <laughs> so good.
2: absolutely. So I'm like what, what do you think this song is about, like what are you feeling and she's like well I wasn't going to say anything because I didn't want to be a downer. But my boyfriend and I broke up this morning and my jaw, my jaw dropped. I was like, what the fuck? And Griff looks at me. I look at Griff. I'm like, and I look at Ruby and I'm like, my girlfriend, I just broke up last night. And we both just start bawling and we're just crying. and, And I'm like, why? Like, what happened? And she told me why they broke up. And I'm like, that's why we broke up verbatim. But like, I played the part of. Her ex boyfriend, like I was that guy, and like she was like my girlfriend's position, and I was like, "Fuck, like let's talk about it." And, and we just like, like your perspective, like, like yeah, like, like she was in she was yeah, in my girlfriend's okay, position. Yeah, wow. I was in her boyfriend's position. Wow, yeah, yeah, and so we broke up for the same reason, just the flip flop, and 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 we got to tell. I just remember as soon as we noticed that, like we talked about why we broke up and that we both broke up with, you know. Our people that day, that night before, I was like, spit out the verse in a half second, like, I saw your dream car on the freeway. I saw your dream car on the freeway. You know, like, and it was just immediate, like, all the things I had felt that night driving home and I just said it. And then she was, like, telling me about her ex and, like, you know, the parts of the breakup that, you know, whatever. And I was just like, let's put that in, like, exactly how you said it, like, I hope you're liking Costa Rica I never got to visit you you said you'd come back in December was that ever even true I,
1: hope you're liking Costa Rica. I never got to visit you you said you'd come out in December was that ever
2: even true? And she said almost all of those she said those ideas and we just formed them into that verse and it was just like and then that night, I had my buddy Taylor come over and play the piano. The next day we both canceled our sessions and I had this cellist come in and lay down the cello. And then we, I produced those drums that night and the track was 90% done the day we wrote it. I love that. And it was just this like poured out all of these emotions. You guys
0: are also both such like adept writers. So once you have it, like you guys are able to, I mean, you guys have done hundreds of sessions. Like once you guys are able to have the idea, it's there. Like you, you can just write, write it itself. down and sit write and write itself. itself. Yeah. I, I do think that like being able to tell those have those details present in songs, like and you got you both do it so so well with your pop sensibility and everything like that. Like that is what writing hundreds and hundreds of songs lets like you do because you're writing you know this generic song and that and whatever, like you're writing for all these sessions and whatever but then when you finally have those details you know exactly how to put it in the meter you mm. know exactly your rhyme scheme you know exactly how to string it all along or to have you know the the hook work for both perspectives and like everything like you know that's what the work is for you know so i just love that and
2: before i move on in yeah. griff in that session He's just like the most nonchalant genius. Oh yeah. he, He'll yeah. just like be like, yeah, all, all around me. And I'll be like, what? And he'll be like, oh, it was nothing. I'm like, no, 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 no. It was something. Like, what did you say? He goes, I just said you're all around me, all around me. You're all around me. All around me. And I'm like, what? He's like, well, that's what you said before the session, right? Because he got there early and we talked about the breakup, <laughs> I and, and I was like. Yeah, he goes, well, let's just say that. And then I'm like, well, and then towards the end of the session, you're just going, well, Griff, what do you think the melody should yeah. be? And then he's like, oh, I don't know, That's maybe what... uh, this. And it's always right, <laughs> like always.
0: That's what Noah is in sessions. Like yeah, I, I, I talk enough, right? so fucking much and I'm trying to figure it out. Noah Noah has heard it already. Like Noah's, <laughs> Noah heard it from the start. To the boss. Are you ready for the question round?
2: The question round. I'm so ready.
0: What is one fear you would like to conquer?
2: Hmm. Um. I want to get really deep. Yeah. That's um, what we're here for. I feel like a big fear of mine has always been disappointing myself hmm. with lack of action. And I think I've probably conquered it already because. I work really hard, but now it's kind of turned into this fear of too much action and disappointing myself with not being as present as I should be, not enjoying the moment when it's here and not just trying to work for the next one. And so balancing the two is something I would love to conquer. And I think that would get rid of that little fear of disappointing myself. I think I'm definitely my harshest critic. So I yeah. feel that. I feel yeah. that. But what about you guys?
1: Mine's a little less, the thing that comes to mind is a little less philosophical, but uh, equally deep, I would say, is I have this fear, this uncomfortableness. Spiders. With, uh, <laughs> but I have this weird, like, specific visual phobia of, like, fish, uh, which is st- it's stupid, um, but strange and confusing. But I think the fear I'd actually like to conquer, because the fish thing, I'm more or less over at this nice. point. Ooh. Um is like the ocean and swimming and drowning because one of my first memories ever is of drowning like i was, I was two years old i was in florida I was, I was at a pool with my mom and she was the only one there and i fell into the pool and like that's one of the first memories i have of a human being and it happened a couple other times in my childhood just like drowning like it's like happened a bunch of times come really close to it and it's i'm terrified of it um and i don't like swimming i don't like being in the ocean even wow. even as like more of an a like like as a teenager like i almost drowned a couple times like i just it's just not wow. i it's just i water and i don't get along you know and it's the thought of dying that way is so paralyzing and terrifying mm-hmm. and i just i tend to avoid even swimming pools like i can you know I'll, I'll swim in a swimming pool like that's fine but it's like being in the ocean like i have friends who like go into the ocean and swim really far or like even doing something like kayaking or like in a situation right like in a boat where i could in theory fall off a boat like i just get uncomfortable and I get nervous and i get like jittery about it and I would love I was talking to our friends Max and Kira about the time they spent in Hawaii where they went like snorkeling with mm-hmm. with these huge turtles and they would swim like with these like massive like ancient turtles and uh I was just like, couldn't be me. And Max said something just like, I really hope that one day you you get to a place where you could share this experience with us. And I was like, I do too, ultimately. Like I would love, it's something that's on my list, It's on my list of things to do over the next, like not just couple years, but like a couple decades. It's Like I, w- I would like to, maybe not now, but as a 40 year old man, go swimming with turtles. Like that's something that I would like to, a place that I would like to get to.
2: Well, if I could offer it, I'm totally the opposite. Like my best friend is the ocean. And yeah. I would love to like, Maybe give you a little like five step yeah. routine to get comfortable with the ocean. Yeah, I'd appreciate that. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay, that's our mission together. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna conquer that fear together.
0: It should also be noted that semi-ironically, uh one of Noah's bigger writing credits is a song called Love the Ocean. <laughs> <of my> <laughs> it's classic. But um I think a bigger longer fear I'd like to conquer is that yeah, you know, we grew up pretty middle middle class. Like, you know, both my parents are freelancers, and my dad had a pretty pretty hard scarcity mentality when it came to money. He always earned consistently. We were frugal, but we never necessarily wanted for things or knew to want for certain things. But there was definitely an anxiety around money growing up. And I think that one of the things I I have a hard time with, especially now that we are making money and there is savings and money in the bank and a consistent flow of income is that like I still can't get my brain to stop being like, well, what if you break every bone in your body and it all goes away? Or what if all of a sudden everybody you've ever worked with decides that they don't want to work with you anymore? Like if I don't have six months of rent in the bank account, then whatever. And maybe that's like, okay, when you're in your early twenties or like whatever, but it's kind of permeated into like, I've always wanted an e-bike. You know, I've always because I bike a lot. We were talking about it this morning. I bike a lot, but I can't go, you know, further because the farther you go, the more you have to come back, you know? So, and hills in Los Angeles are murder, especially in the summer. So I've always wanted an e bike. I've wanted to go to Disneyland for fucking ever. I, Mm -hmm. you know, but every time I like go to do it, I'm like, okay, well, that's two months of rent down the drain. That's just right. two more less months I have to figure out my shit before I have to move back in with my parents right. or like whatever. Yep. And, I, and no matter how much I've made, I still can't get myself out of that that fear that if I spend money on on myself, spend money on something that like I might just genuinely enjoy without some sort of return on investment, like I'm fucking us right. just completely. So I got to, that's my big fear I want to get That's over. a very common one. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. For sure. But incidentally, I'm sure I would probably- figured out in therapy and one of the reasons i stopped going to therapy was because i was like
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> that's a cats 22 right there nice. baby all
0: right next question now all
1: right next question is
2: what is your phone background oh right now it's a uh, old photo of my dad and i oh
0: that's awesome very awesome i love that is he still around yeah oh, oh yeah okay
1: we have already talked a little bit about this but do you have a non-musical hobby
2: yeah I guess wellness has become my number one. I love beach volleyball. I love surf I grew up surfing. That that was my first real love. It was like kind of the priority over music for a year or two. And then obviously music took over, but surfing's been huge.
0: I've never surfed. Um, not for fear of the ocean and not for any kind of fear related reasons. It's that I really don't like being cold. I'm not scared of being cold. I don't enjoy the sensation at all. And if I'm in water for longer than 10 minutes i get cold
2: (laughs) costa rica here we go hey
0: there we go i wonder if that was true
2: nice nice was that
1: even true (laughs) (laughs) all right on to a very important question very important question would you be a pirate
2: (laughs) yeah maybe i'm just saying that because Everybody thinks Captain Jack Sparrow is so hot. Yeah. I'd like to try on some mascara yeah. and do it with a bandana on my head. You can and do that braids. without being a pirate. I know, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it would uh, mean a little less if That's I fair. wasn't a pirate. That's I think true. you're
0: also very water oriented. Yeah. So. Love the water. Yeah. Yeah.
2: There's a lot of things that could point me in the direction of pirate. I yeah. I could see that, see that for know. you. I've pirated a lot of mu- movies. <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> okay, you wouldn't download a fettuccine alfredo. <laughs> uh, do you yes. have any tattoos? Not one.
0: Do you want one? Nope. If you were to get one, hypothetically, what would you get?
2: Something completely silly and with a friend, probably. Mm-hmm. I appreciate but that. I think if you're going to do tattoos, you got to do like the whole sleeve
1: and like all of them or like ah, not. you all firm. or nothing guy. I I'm, 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 yeah. ki- I'm, I'm in a similar boat. I think that I, I have a similar feeling of like if I were to do the tattoo thing, I would want to like do the tattoo. Do you guys thing. have tattoos? No,
2: no. 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 Wow. No, all
1: three of us. That's really abnormal. actually. Yeah. yeah Most say, people yeah. have tattoos,
2: the artists. Yeah. Does Danny have tattoos? You just got two. Oh, Danny's Danny. got two tattoos.
0: Uh Yeah, he knows. Yeah. I don't know Danny. <laughs> his, his, his girlfriend. Um, oh, I do know Danny. <laughs> Jess has a bunch of tattoos. My, yeah. my, my partner has a bunch of tattoos. I think that if I can like one idea, not a tattoo idea, literally just one idea for longer than a month. <laughs> exactly. That's
2: my thing. You're just going to stop liking it at some point. I will say my friend Emma got a tattoo of her girlfriend's initials and I was at a dinner with her and she was like, I need to like turn this into something else. And I'm like, okay, let's workshop it. Like, I'll help you. What are the initials? And she goes, CL. And I was like, holy fuck. Those are my initials. Get my name tattooed on your leg. (laughs) And she goes, okay. And I was like, I was like, no way. And she's like, yeah, if you pay for it. I'm like, happily. And we went. Right then, we stood up from our dinner and went and got Cody L tattooed on her leg, and it's real and it's on her leg.
0: I hate (laughs) that my brain goes, "Oh, you skimped on the last name."
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) right. I I did the same thing. I was like, "Come on, like, where's the Ovas? Like, we need that." But um, (laughs) Um, she um, she was like, "It it would just like go too far down my leg." I'm like, "Totally Uh, understand, Cody L. I will settle." That's That's awesome. so so So. so spontaneous and so cool i
0: appreciate that i do think that tattoos and ocd don't go particularly well together because like if it's slightly off center uh you're going to lose your mind for the rest of your life yeah definitely i have like
1: on on i I made the the two like collages that are my desktop wallpaper and already there are things that as a graphic designer there's like oh like i could have trimmed that better right i want to nudge that over like i I have such a visual artist brain i imagine if i got a tattoo there would be a part of my brain like if there was something out of alignment i would look at it for the rest of my life being like i wish i could like wanting to command z or like nudge a thing over pixels we already have to accept on a regular basis that
0: like there's going to be something in the master of your song that you're not going to like of course like you know we have a song coming out whatever like i know there's one thing that every time i listen to it i'm going to fucking hear and you know what? You can't avoid those. You have to accept them.
1: I wonder if it's like like having a kid or like having a dog. they like once it's yours, it's yours. You're like, I love this. That's thing. what Jess said too. That's probably know, how but, it is ultimately.
0: Yeah. Once you can pick up poop, you can do anything. That's true.
1: <laughs> what was the first concert you ever attended? Man, I don't know. Well, mm,
0: that's crazy. I should probably know. Or what's the, your favorite concert you've ever been to? Didn't we bump into each other at a Salem Elise concert, like back when she was playing small enough shows to hand out bracelets individually to everybody in the audience? I don't think I have a
2: bracelet. I've been to the study a lot, though. It's very possible.
0: Yeah, he was at that show.
2: Yeah. I had a lot of fun watching my friend Max Ross perform. Seeing the Jason tour was really special. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, How old were you on that tour? 15. Fuck, man. Were you on Ellen?
2: Ellen? No. (laughs) (laughs) Almost. (laughs) No, never got on there. Yeah, I don't know. I've been to a lot of concerts that have blown my mind. None of them are coming back to my mind right now.
0: Hey, it's late in the day. Yeah. It's um, (laughs) It's okay.
2: It's late in the day. Bars.
1: Golden
0: hour. Bars.
2: Bars. Swag. (laughs) Bars.
1: (laughs) Um, Can you recommend a movie, a book, and a TV show? Yes, I can.
2: Well, I'll probably want to recommend something most people haven't seen. Of Buster Scruggs. Oh, oh so yeah. Um,
0: James Franco's line uh, when he's uh, in the hangman's noose. He goes, First time,
2: huh? <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's so hard. Yeah. It's so sick. Um, I think be- about
0: the ballad of Buster Scruggs like once a week. Me too. Yeah. It's so good. So good.
2: Okay. And if you've seen that once upon a time in Hollywood, but you've probably seen that too. That's my favorite movie of all time. Interesting. Yeah. It's kind of a basic answer, but I just fucking love it. Um, let's see. What is this book? Shantaram is a great book. hefty and thick boy like a thousand pages but it's a really good story um and tv show i'm really 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 into anime right now hey Uh, watch death note
0: oh Oh, okay yeah 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 Yeah. that's that's a that's a classic do
2: you have a scar with a story the burn i've got the burn making (laughs) burgers for friends nice boom but i have a big one on my head did a backflip off uh, the top of my pool and uh Hit my head on the way back ah. up the flip on the Ooh. thing I jumped off of. Really ah. bad flip. Poor form. Oof. My bad. I have a fear of doing flips. Yeah, I do I too to now. <laughs> um, but I was sitting at the bottom of the pool for a long time, unconscious. Oh. And my two friends that were in the hot tub froze as the pool turned red. And I like woke up and I was just kind of looking around like, huh, why is everything so red? And then I was like, hmm, wait, why am I floating? Wait. Why aren't I breathing? You might Whoa. be freaking out because of water terrifying. story. And then I was like, oh, I'm underwater. Oh, maybe this is my blood. I should probably swim up. And then I just like swim up slowly. And by that time, they were standing next to the pool and they were like,
0: uh, go get his dad.
1: <laughs> and it was it was pretty gnarly. That's but yeah, terrifying. that's a wild story. Like ever- 12 staples later. What are three thoughts you have at this very moment? This very
2: moment. Um, gosh. I didn't do my Wim Hof today, which is a mistake. Um, I'm looking forward to hot tubbing later. Nice. Hell yeah. And having a glass of wine. And I'm going to watch a movie tonight, which is really exciting. Ooh, which movie? I don't know yet. Oh, the mystery. But it's just a plan that I'm like, I've been working a lot and I just need to have a night where I just watch a movie.
1: Lastly, lastly, what are you looking forward to?
2: I'm looking forward to so much right now. I'm very, very inspired by my whole. World, <laughs> right now it's very. I feel very lucky to be be here right now. Um, you
0: spirituality. You got Breakup Town. You got all these.
2: It's a big moment for me, for sure. Yeah, transitions. Um, a lot of music. I'm super excited to put out in the world and continue working on. And then I have a niece, and I have a beautiful family in San Diego, and you know, it's just like things are really, really good, and uh, very excited to continue to go internal and and figure. More about me out, you know? Yeah. It's been a very fun month of that. So
0: well, I I gotta say, I think one of the highlights of the strange year or two years of this pandemic that we've gone through is that we we went from, you know, people that we would bump into each other at a at a show or something like that to collaborators and friends. And you're awesome. You're you're just you are so kind and smart and talented and just so in line with why we we do this and and what we love about this whole community and, and what we do, so we hope to to hang more, collaborate more. Oh man, more. you guys are gonna turns make me we're cry. Like, I you know. know.
2: Yeah. So I love you guys too. Y- y'all are really really dope. Thank you so much for being here. Thank man. you so much for having me. Y'all are y'all are the the best of guys. Ah!
1: We would like to thank Isotope for their support of Talking Lion. We would also like to give a big thank you to Mason Maggio for editing this episode. Thank you for listening and see you next time.